Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys. Remember, I told you I'm on the couch. July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're going to continue this conversation. You know, we're always talking minority mental health. I'm a minority. I'm a woman. I'm a Black woman. I'm a veteran, so I'm like triple minority, Um, and I'm sure I'm a minority in some other things as well. But joining me on the couch tonight, I have um, a gentleman by the name of Antoine McKenzie Plez. That's McKenzie hyphenated Plez. Welcome on the couch, Mr. Can I call you? What do you want me to call you? Twan the counselor is his there you name. Go. <laughs> Welcome on the count on the couch, Twan the counselor. Thank you so much. An honor to be here. So excited about uh, getting to talk to you today. Yeah, me too. And I'm excited because we're really discussing children. Typically, I talk a lot about adults and mental health. Mm-hmm. But tonight we're focusing on grief and trauma and grief and trauma as it occurs in children. Um, you are a published author. You have written two books that I can see. If you have more, please let me know. Um, you wrote Kareem Learns to Cope with Traumatic Loss. And you've also written My Grief Journal for Kids, a guided journal for processing traumatic loss. And guys, while you're listening, if you're not like on your Peloton, if you're not driving and listening right now, if you're able to grab your smartphone or get on your PC or your laptop, go to this website. We'll do this again at the end of the show, but the website is itsallgrief.com forward slash shop. I'll spell that. It's I-T-S all A-L-L grief, G-R-I-E-F dot com forward slash shop. So go there and peruse and you can kind of take a look at these books as Twan the counselor and I are chatting it up. But first, if if you could please, Twan, if you could tell us who is Twan the counselor, who are you? Start wherever you want in your lifetime. Okay. All right. Well, let's start from the beginning. (laughs) So um, I am a South Florida native, born and raised in Miami, um, but, you know, currently serving the Broward County area. Um, I am a licensed mental health counselor, uh, primarily working with grief and trauma. I have a lot of experience in working with um, kids, adolescents, um, but we we treat uh, adults as well. Uh, I have a group practice called It's All Grief, and we're a group of uh, grief and trauma specialists. I have therapists as well as life coaches. Um, and that is our thing. That is what we do. We do grief and trauma. Um, and yeah, anything else, you can go on my website and, and check my bio out. Uh, I don't want to bore you guys with all the things, but uh, that, that's me in a nutshell. Okay. So guys, Twan the Counselor is a grief and trauma specialist. He's the owner and the clinical director of It's All Grief, LLC. Um, and he has a lot of letters behind his name. Uh, LMHC is licensed mental health counselor, but you also have MA there. Please tell us what does MA stand for? So uh, in the state of Florida, and I think throughout the United States, you uh, must have at least a master's degree in one of the three primary uh, modes of therapy. 
in order to be a licensed uh, professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, or licensed clinical social worker. So the MA is a Master of Arts in Clinical Mental Health Counseling. All right. So guys, when you see that, you know that now. And what about this NCC? What does that stand for? So I'm also a board certified counselor and the NCC uh, stands for Nationally Certified Counselor. So that's the designation of that board. Yep. You want someone who's certified, guys. And what about CGP? That's Charlie Gulf Papa. Uh, CGP is Certified Grief Informed Professional. So that just means that I took some additional training um, to really kind of immerse myself in the work of grief recovery. All right, guys. So I hope I have proven to you and that uh, from Twan's questions, you realize that he is the specialist tonight. So we got the right person here on the couch. You are trained in different modalities of grief therapy. Um, I've never spoken specifically about grief therapy and the approaches to treatment. So if you don't mind, let's break down these different approaches that you and your staff take when you're conducting your sessions. The first one that you have in your signature line is EMDR. That's Echo Mike Delta Romeo. What does that stand for? And explain to my listeners what that is for. Okay, EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. Very, very long way to say, (laughs) I help you to access uh, those traumatic memories, those tough things that we are uh, wanting to heal from through eye movement um, and through bilateral stimulation or tapping. Um, We do all kinds of techniques that sort of just help you to process out of the body where those traumatic experiences are stored. So um, we're back to doing in-person sessions now. So I'm back to doing eye movement stuff, but over the course of the pandemic, when we were doing mostly virtual work, um, we were able to do it through tapping. And so this is just an approach that uses what we call bilateral stimulation. That's, That's where I either Uh, have you to move your eyes from side to side, or I have you to tap on either side of your body to sort of help you with processing and accessing those traumatic experiences so that you no longer have what we would call those flashbacks or those moments where you're like reliving the trauma all over again. So that's where the desensitization part comes comes in. We really help you to kind of integrate those experiences into memory so that you're not reliving it every time there's a trigger. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And guys, you may not be able to tell this, but Tuan, I've never met a, a white person with the name Tuan, <laughs> but um, Tuan is a, is a black person. He's a person of color. And I emphasize that only because we have a lot of trauma in, in the brown and black communities. We have a lot of trauma. Um, in most of our communities and PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder is a specific type of trauma. It's a specific type of mental illness or mental health disorder that I believe is underdiagnosed in in our people. So Mm -hmm. we're doing this so that you can learn that there are very specific modalities to address your trauma and that specifically trained people in trauma exist, such as 
Tuan, the counselor and his staff at It's All Grief LLC. Talk to us about brain spotting. So we just learned about a briefly, a briefly a little bit about EMDR. I got acquainted with that. What is brain spotting? So brain spotting is in some ways similar to EMDR um, in that uh, it does use the eyes because we are starting to learn uh, as we learn more and more about the brain that it is, is likely that the, the eyes are actually a part of the brain not just something that connects us to the brain, but the eyes are actually a part of the brain. So uh, brain spotting works on the principle or the belief that where you look affects how you feel. And so you may come to me and say, Tuan, today I wanna work on this experience that happened to me back in childhood. I've been suppressing it for a really long time. It's time to just kind of deal with it. But when I try and access it through talk therapy, it just seems like I have so many blocks around it. I, I can't really get to it. So what brain spotting it, brain spotting is kind of weird the first time you do it because it's a form of therapy that doesn't require a whole lot of talking. Mm -hmm. um, we get past that cortical brain. We go into the subcortical brain by having you to position your eyes in a certain way where you can access that uh, locked up memory. And so we, we, don't, need, we don't need to talk because talking sometimes is a way to really avoid sometimes. So we go underneath that part of the brain, we're in the subcortical part of the brain where we just feel, where we have impulses. This is the first part of the brain that develops. And so by positioning the eyes in a certain place and by allowing you to have space for just um, mindful reflection, on the event. Um, sometimes it helps people to remember details. And, it, and again, it is a process that helps us to kind of dislodge that experience out of the body so that we can move forward. Thank you for that. Because mm -hmm. I, I wasn't too familiar with brain spotting myself. These are, these are techniques, and correct me if I'm wrong, these are techniques that are utilized mainly for trauma mainly for trauma, but they can be used for just about anything. Yeah. Um, but, but we yeah, associate mainly, them mainly with trauma. trauma. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now let's go on to, you know, initially I plan to ask you about all of these modalities, but I won't do that guys. I want you to visit um, his, his uh, social media pages. I'm sure that he does at times talk about some of these things. You can call his office if you want to set up an appointment and learn and receive a consultation and learn more about these other modalities. But let's talk about um, TheraPlay before we move on. Mm. Also another trauma-focused approach. Um, and this one is specifically for children. And this, this uh, approach really works very well when there are attachment issues between the adult caregiver and the child. This, this could be like in a foster care situation or just in any situation where a child has, has had some trauma and is having some trouble with getting along with others, even connecting with the parents. And it is literally Sarah play. Uh, it is a very structured um, approach to play therapy that is all about attunement. It's about getting the child and whoever that adult caregiver is together to build neurological attunement 
with one another. And that helps the child to restore a sense of safety after they've had um, any kind of traumatic event to occur. Um, and it's built on four basic principles, which are structure, engagement, nurture, and challenge. Mm -hmm. And so we just sort of build up this, the therapist creates like this whole 30, 45 minute session of structured activities that the child interprets as just fun, just, just cool things to do. We break stuff. We, we do all kinds of uh, interesting things, but it's all about building attunement between that child and whoever that adult caregiver is to restore trust and to restore safety after a traumatic event. Okay. So you want to restore trust and restore safety. Mm -hmm. um, it, it seems like therapy with children would be an indirect way in learning about the child and getting them to share certain things or show you indirectly certain things they may have um, experienced. Yes. And again, what you'll see in this thread of, of the approaches that I use is that play, just like EMDR and just like brain spotting, doesn't require a whole lot of traditional talk therapy. Um, it's about movement of the body and it's about just being attuned. Um, and we're just learning a lot more about how simple attunement, either between uh, the parent and child or the client and therapist, uh, is enough to get us into a place where we can process those traumas. We can feel safe enough to do so. Um, and so, you know, and that's what all trauma recovery work is about, really, is about restoring safety and consolidating that experience into memory so that we're not reliving it over and over again. Okay. Thank you again. Um, so for the parent who may be listening and they're like, my daughter is four, is she too young for TheraPlay or brain spotting or EMDR? What says you regarding the age requirements for these type of modalities? She's not too young for TheraPlay. She's, um, she's a good age um, to start TheraPlay. Uh, there have been some specialists who have adapted um, EMDR for smaller children. Um, I'm not specifically trained in that for, for that, you know, kids that young. I typically work with kids 11 and up. I've worked with, with some kids as small as uh, nine or eight, um, but that's not really my target population. But there, there are therapists who specialize in EMDR with children. Okay. Okay. So guys, it's just a matter of, of finding that person. Are you able to give people referrals if they have a young child Absolutely. that they want? Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. Now let's get to these books you wrote. As you were talking, I went to itsallgrief.com forward slash shop. And um, guys, I apologize for my phone ringing in the background. I really thought I turned off that ringer. It was an 80s sound, 80s song. I love the 80s, if you haven't already figured that out. But if you go to this website, you have written more than just the two books that I mentioned. There mm -hmm. is a book, uh, Positive Affirmations for Black Queer Youth. There is also, um, let's see. Okay. Yeah, there's an autographed version of Kareem Learns to Cope with Traumatic Loss. Okay. And also there's To Be Young, Gifted, Queer, and Black, a coloring book and diary. Talk yes. to me. Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Twan. 
No, no, I was just going to say, um, yes. So on the website, you'll see uh, positive affirmation cards with that same title to be young, gifted, queer, and black. And then there is a diary and coloring book with the same title. Okay. So let's not, let's not mess around here. Um, let's, let's just get into this and talk about it because I think in our communities, but some of our children, our teens, our adolescents, our preteens, at mm-hmm. times, a lot of their frustration and their challenges for a significant amount of that population is their sexual identity as well mm-hmm. as their gender identity. And that that's a whole conversation that's been taking place, um, started during the pandemic. You know, we won't get into the gender part of that. Um, that's an ongoing thing. States are fighting over whether or not children um, are competent or old enough to request that their parents start them on some sort of hormone transformation, hormone pills, or if they're old enough to consent to, you know, undergoing procedures for sexual changes to remove breasts or to have a hysterectomy and things like that. But I want to sort of stick with more so um, the sexual identity. Um, okay with children, because you wrote these books. So I'm sure these are written because you felt there was a need in our community in dealing with these traumas for children to be able to read about these things. Tell Mm -hmm. us what compelled you to write about being young, black, gifted, and queer. Okay. So, and, and I do want to give a quick shout out because the artwork in the um, coloring book and diary was actually done by a local black queer artist by the name of Ace Jones, an amazing, amazing artist from right here in South Florida. Um, And it was important for me to pull in someone who represents that part of our community um, to to partner with me on that book. So why we did the book. Um, So I have a lot of experience in working with Um, not just Black queer youth, but queer youth in general. Um, A lot of where I got um, my experience working with children uh, was at a local nonprofit that um, uh, caters to that population. And so I was a youth therapist there for a couple years. And um, what I have learned just working through, working with the entire age spectrum of Black queer people, particularly in the South, because that's a, that's a, Special. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a that's a big difference. Um, being a black queer person in the South, what I have learned is that if people don't step in early enough to help and affirm their identities, um, it creates so many long-lasting mental and emotional health impacts. Um, I can't tell you how often I am sitting across from a grown man or a grown woman uh, at 50 something years old, still struggling with issues of self-worth because of messaging that they got about themselves at nine or 10 years old. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've I've worked with uh, people who still at 40, 50 years old, aren't able to be truly themselves in their families and in their religious communities and the kind of anguish, depression, anxiety, suicidality, which is a, which is a big thing that I don't, I don't know that we talk enough about. 
uh, how our Black queer youth, and I'm sorry, I use the word queer as an umbrella term to encompass everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't talk enough about the extremely high rate of suicidality with this particular population. Um, and those issues of self-worth um, start pretty early with the messaging that we receive in our communities about what it means to be gay, what it means to be bisexual, transgender, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it was really important. So uh, the, two, the <clears throat> other two books that I have on Greece um, have nothing to do with LGBTQ. Th those are um, just children's books on Greece, but it was really important for me to do something special for this population because um, these are, if you look in the book, um, there it's filled with all kinds of affirmations that I hand picked that I kind of put in there um, specifically because these are, they're addressing issues that are pretty common. Um, so one of the affirmations is just affirming that God loves you just as you are, which is a huge thing that people uh, come to work through uh, in trauma-focused work, um, that you know, you, there is nothing wrong with you, that you're okay to be who you are. You are blessed to live and love in this body and that it's okay to be who you are. So it's important for me to put something out there um, for my people. And we are so glad you did that. You don't you don't Thank see you. that often at all. Thank you. Um, you are so welcome. You were just mentioning grief in children. What are some signs of grief that parents should look out for, or are red flags, or should raise an eyebrow um, that something is going on with their child? So you know what's funny is that um, if you if you look at Kareem learns to cope on surface level, it just seems like a really cool children's story. But as a parent, if you read it, it is almost like a manual to being able to diagnose whether or not your child may be struggling with issues around grief. So uh, the story opens up with the sentence, Kareem was angry. And so then it just kind of uh, goes on to tell about all of the different ways that Kareem begins to display um, that he's struggling with something. And so um, in the book, Kareem is angry. Um, he's having trouble focusing in school. His grades are slipping. Um, he is having trouble even focusing on things that he likes, like playing video games. Um, he's having interruptions in his sleep. He's not being nice to his friends, even his closest friend, Jaden. He's being, he's being very withdrawn and isolated. And he's being a little bit more, I, I guess you could say non-compliant or combative with mom at home. And so these are all signs that there is something going on there. And if you, and if you can look at this child and see those changes and you're able to uh, connect it to a loss, more than likely they're struggling to process those heavy feelings that come with loss. The thing about grief is that it's, it's all encompassing. You know, you feel the full range of emotion uh, when you experience a loss. 
And for a child, particularly a child maybe under the age of 12, that is really confusing, really upsetting. And um, so I, I talk about things like irritability in the book, and uh, it, it really is sort of almost like a, a manual uh, in the beginning of the story, kind of just breaking down all of the ways we knew something was going on with Kareem. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So a parent oftentimes will wonder, okay, how long do I sit and watch my child with these types of symptoms? Um, because let's say the grandmother, their, the child's grandmother passed away or, um, you know, a family member passed away who the child was close to. Mm-hmm. At what point would you tell the parent to bring the child in? I get that question all the time, mm-hmm. Dr. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And my answer is it is never too early to bring them in for grief counseling. Hey. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you. You don't have to wait until it gets bad because we should be about prevention, not about being Absolutely. reactive. Absolutely. Because, you know, what's going to happen is the same thing that happens to us as adults. Um, when we don't really process our grief, it gets shoved down, it gets shoved down, we get really creative about ways to avoid it until that thing happens and we completely explode. Now for adults, that may take a lot longer, like that may take a year or so. You know, you, you may be crafty enough to avoid that pain for a year or so without the big explosion. However, kids uh, tend to act out a lot sooner. Kids tend to, and, and it's because you as an adult have likely already experienced some sort of loss or some sort of cumulative losses over time. But for a child, this may be the first or second loss. And so for them, they don't have that advantage of experience to know that, hey, you know, things are gonna be okay. This doesn't mean that that it's the end of the world. I know this is confusing. So um, yeah, it's never too late for you to bring kids in because they have questions from the onset. And if it happens to be, and the reason why we um, specifically made Kareem Learns to Cope about traumatic loss is because this is especially important when a kid loses someone in a scary and unpredictable way. So in the book, Kareem's dad goes to work one day and never returns home. He's he's murdered at work. Um, His best friend Jaden in the book loses his grandfather to coronavirus. And so we kind of tied in some different ways that people, that these these kinds of things can happen. And so when uh, something like that happens, Um, You have the loss, which is already traumatic enough for them, Mm -hmm. but then everything that they have known about the world and its predictability and its safety is turned upside down when they lose someone in a a traumatic way. And so um, I, I say to parents, don't wait, don't wait. Even if they're not acting out, give them that space where they can go and, and work with a professional to just process what's coming up for them in real time so that we don't have to get to that place where they're acting out. They get mm-hmm. to learn, they get to learn in that, in that work that anger is a part of grief. Yep. And that there is a 
way to channel that anger and to process that anger where you don't have to go to school and act out and, and beat up all the other kids because you don't know how to deal with that, that heavy feeling of depression sometimes, which is another stage mm -hmm. of grief. And we have to remember that for children, depression doesn't look like being sad and closing up in the room. A lot of times depression looks like fighting at school mm -hmm. and, and, and sassing off at the mouth you know, to mom and dad. So, um, you know, it's never too late as soon as there is a loss, whether they want to. And sometimes we have kids coming in here kicking and screaming. I don't want to be here. I don't want to talk to this, to this person. Um, but eventually they open up and they're able to really talk about what this loss means for them. And does that mean that it's going to make it so that they're never sad about that loss again? No, but it teaches them some skills so as not to suppress and avoid their emotion. Yeah. So the book, the book encourages kids to just be vulnerable and be open. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like with adults, when you have a loss, um, you know, I tell people there will forever be a hole in your heart or there will mm -hmm. always be something missing and you'll still cry. You'll still have moments when you cry. My mom passed away 17 years ago and I still cry. Mm -hmm. um, so you just learn a different way to, to feel it and to deal with mm -hmm. it. So yes, folks, it's never too early, never too early to take your child in for a mental health assessment or to be assessed to see what's going on with them. Shout out to Julia's Kids. Uh, Julia's Kids is a nonprofit that was started by Yolanda McCray. Yolanda McCray is a nurse practitioner. Um, she does some work in the community with different Black-owned businesses, including my business. And she started Julia's Kids because when she was a nurse in labor and delivery, one of her good friends and colleague um, died unexpectedly, like you were just saying, and mm -hmm. left behind children. I want to say at least two, maybe three daughters. And so she started this nonprofit to assist children with a loss. And so that loss also not only addressed uh, parents who transition forever, you know, they transition to the other mm -hmm. side, um, pass away, but also uh, children whose parents go to jail. Because when you lose a parent to something like prison or to jail for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, mm -hmm. it's like you've lost them from your life. So I, mm -hmm. I would believe, and I think you would agree too, that that's another uh, factor or another source that could trigger grief in children. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my practice is called It's All Grief. And uh, it's based on this principle. What we believe is all loss is trauma and all trauma is loss. Therefore, it's all grief. Uh, and the reason we believe that is because grief and trauma, grief, well, loss and trauma, both have the same sum total effect. It dramatically shifts what we know to be sure about the world. And it gives us a sense that the world has become somewhat less safe, less predictable. And so when we look at, and the reason why we, we look at everything through a grief lens is because grief is not just about people dying. Grief is about change. Grief is about how, how we respond psychologically and emotionally to any kind of change. Mm. So, so what you're talking about is what we would call abstract grief. Mm -hmm. and, and I will tell you something, you know, you're hitting on something about 
the way kids process a parent going away to jail, uh, the way kids process absentee fathers, right? It's, you haven't heard a cry, like mm -hmm. the cry of a, of a 15 year old boy who just started to realize that piece of him that's missing because he doesn't have a relationship with his father. That is a grief like you wouldn't believe. Wow. And, and so, uh, yeah, you're right. That is, there is so much, there's so many layers to this topic of grief. Um, but, but we all go through those same processes, those same stages, denial, anger, bargaining, mm -hmm. depression. And we, we, we hope to experience acceptance of it in, in spurts, but it doesn't all happen linearly. You know, we kind of bounce around, like you said, after 17 years of losing mom, yeah, there are times where you accept that she has transitioned, but there are times when you just say, man, I wish you were here, you know, and, and there are times where maybe you even feel a little bit angry about, about that loved one not being there. And so, um, yeah, I could, I could go on and on. Let me, let me <laughs> let you guide this a little bit. No, and, and it's quite all right. You are the guest. You are my guest on my couch. So you have the floor for as long as you want to. We just can't go over an hour, but okay. yeah, you have the floor. <laughs> Whatever you want to share, I want you to share it. Because as I said before, we, we don't talk a whole lot about grief and trauma, um, at least not here on my podcast, because I have, you know, there are so many different things to talk about that I wanted to take at least um, this night to talk about grief and trauma and especially um, including the conversation about children and, and what mm -hmm. they go through and what it looks like for the parents. Um, give us a few of your favorite daily affirmations that you would give to, you know, an adult, to a child, to a teenager, two or three affirmations that they should wake up and say to themselves or two or three, they should say throughout the day, two or three, and it could be the same two or three. You know, I typically tell my patients start with one affirmation. That's the affirmation you will use every day, every day, every day, all day. And then you mm -hmm. can add another one to that. Um, so what are some of your favorite affirmations that you suggest to your, to your patients? I think one, and especially if we're looking at the black community, I think one that comes up pretty often is I am good enough. Mm. And sometimes you might even need to tack on to that. I am good enough regardless, mm. right? Because mm -hmm. we get so stuck in the things that have happened in the past, the mistakes that we've made. We forget that there is a redeeming quality and that, and that we don't have to stay stuck in those mistakes. And so um, re remembering that past mistakes don't have to determine your present day self-worth. So I, I find that a, a common one with kids, with adults, is I am good enough regardless. Yeah. And you know, that certainly also addresses imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Which is, yeah. Which is pretty common mm -hmm. in, in our communities as well. Feeling like mm -hmm. we're not good enough or we don't deserve to be at the table. Mm -hmm. It also addresses perfectionism. Mm. You know, those of us who are very high achievers who can never really find satisfaction, no matter how much we accomplish in life, we're always working towards good enough. If I can get that next degree, then I'll really be 
who I want to be, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, that and that, so that, I use that one a lot with people with uh, high-functioning anxiety who uh, just, you know, can't live for today. You know, did you do well enough today? Is that all right? Can we be okay with the effort that we gave today? And like you said, with that imposter syndrome, you know, are you good enough right now in this moment? And if you, and if you don't feel that way, let's talk about it. Let's mm -hmm. talk about why that's showing up for you and where that really comes from. Because more than likely, it has nothing to do with that present situation. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm really, really big on affirmations and teaching kids that skill and that practice very early in life. Um, one of the things I do with my small kids, I'm sorry that the listeners don't get to benefit from this, um, but I have them to tap, the, I have them to pick four affirmations based on things that they're struggling with, right? And so I have them to tap the forehead with the first one, the heart with the second one, the stomach with the third one, and then they bilateral tap on the lap with the fourth one. And uh, we end every session that way. And sometimes parents, <laughs> they'll call me and be like, I don't know what you taught him in this, in this session, but I was talking, I was fussing at him and he just started going with the tapping, started, <laughs> <laughs> started tapping his forehead. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not very prescriptive with those um, affirmations. I kind of look at what it is that the person is struggling with. And then we together, create affirmations, you know, specifically for them. But that is a common one. I am good enough or I'm good enough regardless. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So you dropped a lot of gems. I appreciate that. You gave um, my listeners a lot of information. You guys, if there's something you need clarification on, or you would like to schedule a consultation with Tuan the counselor or someone in his group, by the way, Tuan, do you guys take insurance? We do. We do. Um, we take United, Aetna, Cigna, Oscar, Oxford. And I know that there's one more, but you're probably going to have to go on the website <laughs> and check it out. I can't remember it. Gotcha. You take a nice, a nice list of uh, insurances. That's great. How mm -hmm. can folks call or schedule for a consultation or an appointment? Okay, so our phone number is 954-412-9698, but I will, I will uh, give you this tip. You really want to get in touch with us right away. You email our office manager, uh, and that email address is Whitney, like Whitney Houston, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, at itsallgrief.com. You really want to get that process sped up. Don't leave a voicemail. <laughs> because I'm going to be honest with you, we are really, really busy. Um, so if you get in touch with our practice manager directly via email, she is very, very responsive and we can get you seen as soon as the following week. We try and, we try and really have a quick turnaround. And for the patients who call back to back, back to back, back to back, and don't leave messages and just keep calling, don't do that. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. please don't do that because <laughs> no one is returning calls on caller id like folks are desperate so stop doing right. that sometimes patients <laughs> right. will call back to back and don't leave a message and you don't know it's an, a patient a mm -hmm. new patient anyway i should say 
Mm -hmm. know, it's just some number calling. So, you know, leave a message. But also, as he just stated, email Whitney at itsallgrief.com and put in the subject line, I want an appointment or looking for a therapist or need trauma Mm -hmm. work, whatever it is, but identify in the subject line what you what your objective is and why you're reaching out to it's all grief where's your office located so we're located in fort lauderdale we are right off of the i-95 exit uh cypress creek road east our address is 800 northeast 62nd street Uh, we are in suites 406 and 404 um but but uh we also offer virtual services so uh, you could do therapy right from the comfort of your own home. And we offer for people to do a mixture of both to see which they prefer. Um, uh, but, but yeah, we, uh, we have a team of about six different therapists now. We have life coaches. And so um, even though right now I personally am full and I'm not taking any new patients, we have amazing uh, therapists here who do the same kind of work. This is, this is our specialty. Perfect. So we can we can help you find your person. Is it is the website itsallgrief.com? Yes. Okay. So guys, go on itsallgrief.com and are your um therapists and the life coaches are they featured on the website? Can people go on and see the about us and Yes, they are. Each each um each clinician or each coach has their own page there where you can learn about kind of what they do, what their specialty is, what their background is. And we really try on our website, we really try to give you an idea of who we are as people first. Because mm. um, as you know, Dr. Thomas, one of the best determinants of whether or not therapy is going to be effective is the connection between the client and the therapist. Yeah. Right. That's, that's even more important than uh, whatever treatment modality they use. So, you know, we hope that you can visit the website and uh, connect with someone's story, whether it's a, a therapist or a life coach. And if you're needing those services that we can get you with the right person. Okay. Okay. Um, so the city, is that Tamarack or Coconut Creek? Cypress Creek? Um, it's it's technically Fort Lauderdale, but it's, okay. you know, up in this well, area, kind of weird, gotcha. kind of weird, you know, across the street can be Tamarack. So. Got it. So, but yeah, right off of that Cypress Creek East um, exit. Okay. So guys, you've been listening to me on the couch with Tuan, the counselor. He's a grief and trauma specialist and the owner and clinical director of It's All Grief LLC located in Fort Lauderdale. You can email his office manager, Whitney at itsallgrief.com. The office number is 954, the 412-9698 number, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I wasn't giving out your cell number. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me on the couch. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. As I told you, I'm a fan, so uh, I can check this one off my list. Thank you so much. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you for (laughs) that. Thank you so much for having me. Lion self. (laughs) (laughs) I am a fan. I'm a real fan. For real. Uh Okay. Listen, (laughs) let me plug these books too, guys. Go to itsallgrief.com forward slash shop. And get a couple of these books. Sometimes parents struggle in how to communicate. We didn't even talk about that. 
We didn't mm-hmm. talk about communication and lack of effective communications, uh, communication in our households. But mm-hmm. parents struggle to talk to their children about sex, love. We struggle to talk about finances. You know, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of financial education that goes on in our households. Mm-hmm. So these books may be the perfect way to start a conversation with your child about sexuality about the birds and the bees, whatever the case may be, may be the perfect way to start that conversation. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned finances and let's not even get started on the trauma of poverty, right? And, and the transgenerational trauma of poverty. (laughs) So that, that would be a whole other show. Um, But no, one thing, what we didn't talk about was the grief journal in, in talking about communication with our kids. Love it. Um, the, the reason I put together the grief journal is that I realized that not every parent um, will have the resources to send their kid to therapy. And, and maybe just not every parent is ready to or, or ready to consider therapy for their child. What we did with the grief journal is it is chock full of therapeutic exercises that you, the parent or the grandparent, or whoever the adult caregiver is can do with the child in that journal. So that journal can can either be used as part of their therapy or it can be used in home with with the adult caregivers to just help with facilitating that conversation. Mm -hmm. Ask a lot of great questions. There are some activities that you could do with the child in the home that helps them to process their feelings of grief. Um, so it's, I, I didn't get to talk much about that, but that is, if you're struggling with how to start that conversation, both the Kareem Learns to Cope story and the grief journal is going to be a, a tremendous resource for you and your household. And, and listen, Swan, if you have more that you want to add to that in discussing that journal, please feel free to do so. We're, we're under an hour right now. So I want you to get off whatever it is that you want to share um, especially in talking about communication and, and grief and all of these things. So if you have, if you want to expound a little more on the journals, please feel free mm-hmm. to do so. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in communication with children about grief, I'm so glad you, you saved this for last, because I think this is really important. Um, we sometimes underestimate a kid's ability and uh, we, we underestimate whether or not they are ready or emotionally mature enough to talk about grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use words that don't, that don't really help the kid to process the fact that this person is gone. You know, we say things to kids like, you know, the person is just in a deep sleep or they, they're just gone away. And, you know, and I've heard some, some very interesting things. Some, some people have told their children that the person went away on a vacation. You know, mm-hmm. just some very, very interesting things that come up because we, as a society, we are uncomfortable talking about death. And so you'll notice if you work through that journal with your kid that I use the word death, died, dead, Right, those are words that that make us cringe a little bit when we think about talking to children. But mm-hmm. that is that is exactly the kind of language that is the kind of um, um, straight to the point mm-hmm. language that children need to be able to understand sort of the finality 
of death, at least on this side of heaven, right? right. Um, we, we, we have to help our kids to understand that because at a certain age, like four and under, um, they're not really understanding that the person is gone. For them, they're kind of wondering, okay, well, when are they coming back? Or when, it, when is she gonna wake up, right? I've had that question come up before with smaller children. When is she gonna wake up? And, um, you know, we, we, we have to get a little bit more comfortable with just talking real to our children. Uh, they know a lot more than you think they know. They understand a lot more about the world than you think they understand. Especially, especially with all this social media. Yes, I was just about to say, <laughs> especially this generation of children. Yes, yes. They, they come into the world with the world of information at their fingertips. Yep. So um, don't insult your children's intelligence. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, can, they, can, they can handle these kinds of talks. Of course, you want to tailor it to their level. You know, obviously, if there are some details about the death that um, aren't age appropriate, you know, you want to be you want to be cognizant of that. But what the journal does is allow you to understand through their responses to the questions how they are understanding the death. And yeah. if there are some things that you need to clear up so that there's no confusion there, you get an opportunity to do that through these different exercises. Um, I will also say, don't get it twisted. This is not a journal just for kids. Adults have a hard time processing grief and loss too. And although it looks like a children's journal, flip through the first couple of pages and I bet you learned something you didn't know mm. about yourself, about what you've been taught about death and loss, the things you need to unlearn about death and loss. Um, you, you really, you know, I, I have a, um, a 60 year old woman that, that purchased a book. She's not a client of mine. So no, no, um, mm -hmm. I'm not breaching any confidentiality. Well, you but didn't I had, say her name. So it's all <laughs> right. good. So I have an, I have an elder, um, woman who, who purchased the book. Hold up. We ain't going to call 60 elder now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, we have, we have a mature, we have a mature okay. woman. Yeah. who <laughs> who um, purchased the book initially for a grandchild mm -hmm. and through working through this workbook with the grandchild uh, sent me an email about some of the things that she had to unlearn some of the things that she realized that uh, she never really dealt with in terms of loss mm -hmm. right because we we helped that child in that book to take apart lo that loss what did you really lose? It wasn't just your auntie. That might've been your confidant. That might've been the person that you could depend on to read you that bedtime story every night, no matter what was going on. That might've been the person who could tell, who could make you feel like everything was gonna be okay, no matter what was going on in the world, right? And so we really helped that child to understand what it is that they lost. And these are questions that adults don't know to ask themselves, right? To really, to really take it apart. So don't get it twisted. You can, you can buy a copy of this for yourself and arm yourself with the information. It, the, the reason why I've chosen to write children's books is because I think that I have a gift for taking very high level psychological concepts and boiling them down into the simplest language possible so that anyone at any level could understand these concepts. And so um, I promise you, as an adult, you'll pick up 
uh, Kareem Learns to Cope, or you'll pick up that grief journal and you will learn, you will, you will benefit from doing some of those exercises. Okay, y'all, that's good to know. And I'm sure a lot of us need to um, learn some additional information about coping and losses and all of those things. So go to itsallgrief.com forward slash shop and grab those books. Um, Take a look at them. Take a look at the journal. Go through it. Peruse it. Share it with your family, share it with your children, share it with your grandchildren. If you have grandchildren, you know, next time you do a a girl's night in, you guys share that. Talk about it, because as we get older and we're we're aging, we're going to start losing more and more people. You know, naturally, that's Mm -hmm. just the way it is. Nothing is guaranteed. Only death. Mm -hmm. The only guarantee in life is death Mm -hmm. and change. Yeah. Yeah, death and change. Yeah. People used to say death and taxes, but you can move somewhere else and not pay taxes. But, you know, so <laughs> you don't have to stay in America, man. People are comfortable because they want to avoid that change, but you don't have to stay in America paying taxes. You can move to a country where there are no taxes, but there's beat up roads and <laughs> mm-hmm. huge potholes eating up your car. But but seriously, um, you know, it's supporting a black owned business. Um, Tuan is doing some special things in our community and, and doing his part to help us and help our children. So let's show some show some love. I will be going on ordering my stuff to have here in the office Thank you um, so to much. make available. Yeah, for our patients. So and while you're at it, after you go to itsallgrief.com forward slash shop, pop over to Amazon, search for Dr. Delvina, Dr. Delvina. Dr. Delvina Thomas and pick up my brain food and brain sleep pamphlet so you can learn about nutrition and your sleep hygiene as well. Well, I got to check that out. Yeah. Yep. They are um, the artists who hand sketch some of the photos. They're all not hand sketch, but the ones that are Alfreda Musa is the the black artist who hand sketched those uh, those pictures and both of those. I call them pamphlets. Someone said it's a book. But, you know, it's not a pamphlet like four or five pages. They're over 40 pages. One of them is 70 pages, I think. And there's some, you know, some space in there to journal also. But you guys got to support Black authors and Black-owned businesses. Check us out. Go to itsallgrief.com forward slash shop. You do that first. Support my guest and then pop over to Amazon. And next time you get paid and pick up one of those pamphlets or both of them. So, I think this is the closing now. That was perfect that Mm -hmm. we stayed on to talk about communication and the journaling. And I appreciate you for that. Any last words before we go? Um, Yeah. You know, the, the other underlying message to Kareem Learns to Cope is that I, I intentionally dedicated this book to little black boys. And I'm hoping that Um, some little black boys are listening to this podcast right now. The message really in the book is that it is safe to feel. I want, I want, I really want to get that message out to our community and our entire community needs to know that, but specifically little black boys need to know that it is okay. It is okay to feel. It is okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to be vulnerable and that there is there is a lot of healing and a lot of growth that comes out of just opening yourself up 
And yeah, you don't have to go and talk to any and everybody, but mm-hmm. if you can find that one person that you can really, really let your guard down and, and be yourself with, take every opportunity you can to do that. So that is, that is my message. That is what I'm hoping to you know, put out into the world. It is safe to feel. I co-sign and I love that message. Because I do think our black men need to hear that. Our black boys need to hear it because we, mm-hmm. we raise them to be in some households, the man of the house. And, right. you know, you can't cry, you can't complain, you can't process things. But mm-hmm. all of that, you know, we're trying to bust up those myths. So, you know, right. guys, you can feel, you can process, you can talk. Um, all right. I appreciate that. Say brain all love, right. Tuan. Brain love. So happy to be here. Thank you so much, Dr. Thomas. You are so welcome. And thank you for being on the couch with me tonight. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe, reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs, know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations, limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership, own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours, it's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication, don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love.